Hello and welcome to this podcast featuring the fantastic work of urgent community response teams and how we're supporting people to stay well and independent at home wherever they live for as long as possible. We're also going to be discussing how community teams are reducing the need for people to go into hospital. I'm James Sanderson, I'm Director of Community Health Services at NHS England and today we've got some great speakers from East Midlands Ambulance Services and Nottingham City Care Partnership. We're going to be hearing stories of patients who've received support from urgent community response teams. But first let me give you a bit of background on urgent community response or UCR services. So the national introduction of urgent community response is a key commitment in the NHS long-term plan to provide urgent care to people in their homes if their health or well-being suddenly deteriorates. Urgent community response teams provide urgent care to people in their own home, which helps avoid hospital admissions and enables people to live independently for longer. Through these teams, older people and adults with complex health needs who urgently need care can get fast access to a range of health and social care professionals within two hours. This includes access to physiotherapy and occupational therapy, medication prescribing and reviews, and help with staying well fed and hydrated. We have successfully rolled out the two-hour urgent community response services since 2022, two years ahead of schedule. UCR services are available in every part of the country now across all integrated care systems, and they operate from 8am to 8pm seven days a week. So here in the Midlands, Karen Davis, um, who works for East Midlands Ambulance Services, um, is going to tell us a little bit about the impact of UCR services, how, what it's having on patients, and the impact also on ambulance conveyance um, to hospitals and A&E. So Karen, can you introduce yourself and, and just give us an outline of, of why UCR is important in those regards? I'm Karen Davis. I do work for East Midlands Ambulance Service. I've worked there for 20 years. I am a frontline clinician still, but I am a divisional senior clinical lead. And for the last 12 months, I've been working on the alternative pathway role in conjunction with my current role. I'm still patient facing, and I believe we all recognise as clinicians how important it is that patients are treated at home. It's far more appropriate than being transported to hospital, particularly elderly, where they're at greater risk of deconditioning and becoming less mobile. So the collaboration with UCR is, is paramount as delivering care at home for these, for these vulnerable people. The benefits are the impact on their quality of life, promotes well-being and in the frail and elderly are less likely to become frail. The UCR offer fantastic holistic assessment as well. So for not just the acute problem that they get called out to, but for ongoing support, we work in conjunction with Age UK now and social services, so it's improving the, the care for these patients, not just at the point where EMAS uh, contact UCR, but for ongoing care and support as well. It's, it's such a successful collaboration, Eastman and Service and UCR. It's such a good collaboration that it just keeps growing every month. So that's a fantastic um, overview and um, a, amazing progress that you've made um, over the last year with expanding the service. Um, you mentioned there that collaboration was, of course, really important with lots of key partners. Um, what, what, are you, what are your top tips for um, other ambulance services looking into developing UCR around that collaboration and why that's important? I think it's about promoting the service within your own trust. We do a lot of work collaboratively, going to hospitals, talking to clinicians, our own frontline clinicians to support it, giving good examples of where it's worked and where it's worked well. So Karen, um, what would be your uh, top tip for clinicians specifically? 
call them, call UCR. They offer not just a service, but they offer some supporters to if they can't offer where you can get help from. So give them a call. They are clinicians, so they understand what support you might need on, on scene. They know that we're an emergency service, so they're quite eager to assist us to get us away to assist more, more people that, that need us. Give them a call. Give them a call. Give UCR a call. They're a fantastic service. I'm also struck by what you said around the benefits to patients of having the case reviews and those ongoing benefits. Do you think UCR's played a big role in keeping people out of hospital on an ongoing basis, not just for that primary call that's been made? I do, because they offer support for where care's failed. So if somebody's a main care, if that care support's failed, they could come in and assist. If somebody's got an acute medical problem, they will come in and assist. But like I said, the benefits are more than you could put, put down for people. This is about their own well-being and living well at home. And you can't put a price on that. People live better at home. They feel more secure. It gets rid of the, where we go to people and they've got a barrier to go to hospital because they get fed up of going. They don't want to be sat at hospital. Nobody wants to be sat at hospital deconditioning and, and not in their own environment. These people have been treated at home and are far, far, far better being treat, treated at home than they are at hospital where it's appropriate. And it, in a lot of cases, it, it really is. So we're now going to hear from Sarah, who's station manager at Beechdale Ambulance Station in the East Midlands. But recently, Sarah was working on the road as a technician. And you're going to share some of your experience, Sarah, around how UCR supported people in situations where there's been a deterioration of their care at home. Yeah, one of the standout cases for me was fairly recent, following the sudden death of a male who was the main carer for a lady, the lady that he lived with, his partner, who required care 24-7. We were able to refer to UCR, which was a really easy process, really comfortable phone call, and they were willing to immediately come out and support this lady to ensure she could stay at home and obviously deal with the fact that the person that she's been with for 50 years has just died, who's her main carer, and the panic surrounding that. With the support of family and the urgent care, she was able to stay at home. Going back, I've been on the service for eight years, I can recall something very similar happening where we ended up taking this person into hospital, which wasn't appropriate, but at the time there was no alternative pathway for her. And obviously being in hospital is a stressful situation anyway, but having lost somebody very close to them, it makes it more stressful, I think. So it's, it's really nice to hear, and I'm hearing a lot of positive responses as well from people on the road, and I think that enhances uh, the chance of people calling, if amongst themselves staff are able to speak and say, oh, I had a really good response from the UCR, they're more likely to then call them in future. I think one of the things that, that strikes me about what you're saying is that we always think about urgent community response being for a single patient who needs support. But what you've outlined there is the opportunity for UCR to help a whole family situation, a whole household. So that wide impact is, is quite important. How do you think that impacts um, on the ambulance service in having that opportunity? It's a massive impact, um, not only in the ambulance service, but also to the receiving hospitals as well. That person years ago was an unnecessary admission. They had no medical problem, but it was just to support them being unable to stay at home alone and having no family at that time immediately available to, available to come and support them. So yeah, it's another, you know, taking a patient to hospital, the time surrounding that, you then have to create a report form for them as a patient when really it, it's a more kind of holistic approach to be able to look after somebody at home with the support that they need. 
Okay, so we've heard from Karen and Sarah, um, who've shared um, their frontline experience of using UCR services. And now we're going to speak to Daniel about how appropriate calls are referred to UCR and how they're handled um, in control rooms. He's senior clinical navigation lead um, from East Midlands Ambulance Service, who deals directly with the calls when they come in. Can you tell us about how calls are referred to UCR teams from the control room? Hello. So there's a couple of ways that calls are referred to uh, the UCRs in the control room. The first way is uh, by via the call takers. So when the call com comes through and it's coded, um, certain codings will automatically pop up saying pass to UCR um, and the call takers just click a button and the job goes through. And the second way is via kind of face value, taking it off each call that comes through. Um, so in the clinical assessment team, uh, which is where I work, I support staff and monitor the stack and we encourage staff to use alternative pathways and, you know, for our low acuity patients. And we review calls that are coming through. So for example, if it comes through elderly lady with a uh, urine infection, confused, we could probably say that could probably just deal with, be dealt with by a UCR. And then we just ring up the UCR, pass the calls over, to them talking to the clinician and we'd close the call down our end so it avoids sending an ambulance out from that point. If there's any problems the UCR will always just send it back to us so we're not we're, we're kind of mitigating a risk there we're sending it for a thorough assessment um, full holistic approach um, and being triaged by clinicians that are deal with the urgent illnesses and like I say if there, if there isn't no, a problem they just send it back to us and we will send an ambulance out. It's really good to hear about the you know the various ways that people access UCR um, through um, obviously the tech being set up um, to advise call handlers, um, but also that real importance of the clinical assessments as well and that clinical triage. In terms of the benefit of UCR to call handles, handlers, do they feel confident about referring to the service now? So uh, yeah, the call, call handlers do. All kind of risk is taken away from them. A box just pops up on their screen and they just pass the call through automatically. Um, it's been a bit of a challenge from the clinical ass assessment team's point of view, uh, building that confidence up um, because we're not with the patient and we don't necessarily have to triage the patient. We can just take the call off face value. Um, so we don't have to speak to them. We've had a few kind of knockbacks with passing a call through. Um, sometimes it can just take a while of how busy the UCR is um, but the, the hope is that we use our gateway in future so we can just pass a call through instantly um, review the call and pass that call straight to the UCR who will be then reviewed by the clinicians and then they can pass it back through the gateway if it's not appropriate um, which means leaves that phone line free for crews on the road to, to phone up and have that uh, conversation with the clinician. So from a patient perspective yeah. um, Thinking about that, what, what, what do you think of the call benefits? A lot of patients don't know who to call. The easiest number to call is 999. It's the number that's on everyone's mind. Um, and to be able to pass to an uh, appropriate service that can deal with their ailments um, and the, the lower acuity calls, um, which would avoid reduce that risk of hospital admission, I'd like to say it, it, it works well and patients are trusting of it because they, they seem to ring us back as well uh, for similar ailments and we, we you know we pass that through the cycle we pass it straight back to the UCRs. In summary then um, if thinking about the wide benefits that you've outlined for both the call handlers and the ambulance service and for patients what, 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 do, you, what do you think the key goals are here? As a clinician our goal is always 
to do what's best for the patient. Um, and this day and age, it's not necessarily hospital. That's kind of your last resort. First resort is care in the community. Um, and it, ultimately, it's about getting the right care at the right time, in the right place, um, which is what the UCR supports. So we can accomplish that. Fabulous, thank you. So I'm also really grateful to have um, here um, Sarah Spruce, who's an occupational therapist and clinical lead at the Urgent Community Response and Reablement team at Nottingham City Care Partnership. And Sarah, um, you're going to tell us a little bit about your work and um, what, what impact it's had on the patients um, that UCR um, teams have treated. So can you tell us a little bit um, firstly about your background and who you've supported through this service? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So as clinical lead and an OT, um, my time's split between seeing patients, often more complex patients. Um, but I've also been involved with lots of team development and training, um, working alongside other colleagues from CityCare, from EMAS, from the ICB and from the county areas, um, UCR teams so that we could develop the processes and the training for our UCR team at Nottingham City Care. We're a predominantly therapy-led team. We do have more nurses joining the team. Um, so it's been quite a shift in perspective, really, for our team. Um, but with all of the training and the processes, we just wanted to be confident to be able to take on those new referrals from EMAS. Um, and we'll see any patient over 18 with a Nottingham City GP. Fantastic. One of the things that um, Karen talked about earlier um, was um, the brilliant collaboration that has been between partners. Um, yeah. what, what's, what's your um, take on that? How's, that? how's that really worked, working across boundaries? Um, that's been really good. The meetings that we've had with EMAS and the ICB and County UCR have just been invaluable, really. Um, one of the team leaders from County and I speak regularly if we've got any um, issues or if we want to find out how they respond to a certain call or how we, you know, we chat on the phone. It's just been really, really helpful. Um, it, as I say, it has been quite a shift for our team and it is a new service. So just having that backup and that collaboration has been brilliant, really. Thank you. And um, um, I think you've got a few examples to share with us around um, specific patients and the impact that it's had on those. So can you tell us a little bit about Jean? Yeah, so the first patient's given us permission to, to use her name and her story. So her name's Jean Tolbert, she's 88 years old. Um, we had a call from EMAS, um, Jean had fallen, she'd been on the floor for a couple of hours, not injured, lived on her own, but had a friend there with her. So I and a colleague actually went to see her, we got there within a couple of hours, expecting to lift her from the floor, um, but she answered the door to us, which was a bit of a funny moment. Um, her friends had helped her up. Um, she's usually very, very independent, um, she just wasn't able to get up from the floor because of her, some stiffness in her spine and scoliosis. But she was really, really keen for us to go in and to check her over. Um, we did all of her arms, which were fine. We did our holistic assessment, um, got her up and walking around, checked if she needed any support, any equipment, any ongoing referrals, anything at all, really, um, which she didn't. Um, but she really appreciated us attending and she said she would send us a card. Um, which did arrive at the office the following week and in the card she said thank you to the Falls team who came to my rescue whoever thought of this service is a genius the team really listened and understood how important it is for me to be independent at home um, so although we felt like we didn't actually do very much in the visit we did prevent the need for an ambulance crew to go out we went there quickly and we were able to reassure her and when I spoke to her a few days ago to ask for a consent to share her story she said that she told everyone she knows in her age group about the service she wanted to reassure people that there's help and support available she's doing really well and continues to value her independence. 
That's a fantastic um, story and uh, we're really grateful for um, Jean agreeing to um, share it because it'll be really helpful for other teams to understand the impact it has on, on patients. Um, do you have any other examples that um, uh, where, where the services supported people in, in perhaps different ways? Yeah, so uh, another patient, um, it was a Saturday, an EMAS crew actually made a referral to us from a patient's house, 87-year-old um, female. The crew were worried about her generally being unwell, reduced mobility, not so unwell that she needed to go to hospital, but really needed care support. Um, she wasn't really eating and drinking properly, not really taking the medication. Family were just worried about her whole situation falling apart, really. So we visited within an hour. We did our full assessment. We set up four care calls a day, which started that afternoon. Just to support with all those things, we got some mobility equipment, we got a trolley so she could carry food, which she was struggling with, which then impacted on her actually eating because she couldn't carry the food to where she wanted to eat it. Um, so yeah, we got all that sorted out really quickly. Um, and as we were saying, you know, sometimes people do need to go to hospital. We can't always, despite our best efforts, keep people at home. And actually with this patient, despite the support, she did continue to deteriorate over the next couple of days. Um, she developed a cough and then she collapsed. She was admitted to hospital and tested positive for COVID. So even though this did ultimately end in a hospital admission for this patient, the kind of collaboration between UCR, EMAS and family and the patient all working together to try and keep her at home safely was really good. It's just in that circumstance, it, the right thing was for her to go and be treated in hospital. So, And the great example um, there is, is just how you were able to look at her care holistically, including provision of equipment and um, sort of additional uh, support for um, how she could remain independent uh, alongside that, that obviously clinical um, intervention that was required for her with the condition that she got at that time. Yes, and, and I think because we've got such a, a multidisciplinary team, we can look at all those things. So, you know, we can put daily exercise calls in. We've got um, almost 60 rehab support workers that can do those care calls if we have capacity. We can do up to four calls a day. We can go every day to do exercises for rehab. You know, we constantly review and go back to um, progress people's independence. And if, if someone has those care calls in place from us and they do need long-term care, then we do that referral onto social services to assess that and we stay involved until, until that's set up. Because obviously a patient needs that care, we can't just leave them after a couple of weeks. So yeah, so we kind of do that whole thing, refer, refer to Age UK for all sorts of other bits. So. Excellent. So why is urgent community response important um, from your perspective then? I think that um, our aim as a UCR and kind of joint reablement team is that we always want to help people to be as independent and as safe and well as they can be in their own homes. And I think that collaboration with UCR and EBAS and all the other services that are out there as well, helps us to do that. Um, I think it's given our team the skills to know when someone does need to go into hospital um, and does need that more urgent uh, medical intervention. Um, but ultimately, we're just trying to all achieve the best outcome for the patient. And as we've heard already, most of the time that is to be cared for at home where possible. Thank you all for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it really useful and continue to support and raise awareness of the importance of urgent community response. It's been great today to speak to Sarah, Sarah, Karen and Daniel about the brilliant work that they're doing and also to hear the fantastic um, case study um, from Jean as well. To find out more, please visit NHS England's website and search Urgent Community Response 
or visit the Future NHS website and search for Community Health Services. Thank you for listening. <laughs>